this is Ryan. And this is Steve. And this is Co. And you're listening to 60 Second Home, the guitar, my style, like, training, fixing, mighty breaking, review, play, podcast! You won for fastest reading, Steve. Hooray. <laughs> I think that's the fastest you've ever done the intro before. I and hope the you funny got- thing is, I think that was the first time I got through it without stumbling. Yeah, that's the trick. You gotta go just full <laughs> speed. And you'll get all the way through. All right. So we got a special guest with us, returning guest, uh, Co, a listener of the show. You're gonna, we're gonna talk about some recording stuff you've done as our topic today. Awesome. And you're gonna be along for the ride for uh, the rest of the episode and the rest of the next episode, right? You're sticking around, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm you're coming around. back next week. Yeah, come back next week. <laughs> all I brought enough beer for two weeks. Of course, of all course. Right. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Uh, so should we so get? Let, let's just knock this out. We're drinking Belgian Beaver, uh huh. Horchata. I guess you don't pronounce the H. It's not Horchata. It's Orchata. Is it really Orchata? I've always been. I've been saying the H all it's these years. You're white. I'm very white. Well, you're not Mexican. <laughs> uh, but it's the Orchata Imperial Stout. And if you don't know what Orchata is, what is it like? Rice milk with cinnamon in it. Yeah. It's delicious. Oh, it's so Mixed good. Mixed with the stout, it's delicious. I'm not picking up a ton of horchata flavoring in this. There's it's li- not as strong as that one we had last week or whenever it was. But yeah, we had a party that and someone brought some horchata beer from up from uh, Orange County down here, and I it was like it, it tasted just like horchata. Where this is more is very subtle. I yeah. think this one's better. Really? It's a better beer. Like, this is yeah. the first Belching Beaver beer that I've actually kind of been disappointed in. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Huh. I was oh. expecting more. Well, I think it's a good Imperial Stout. I think it's nice and creamy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just expecting different. Yeah. Well, I'm getting a lot of aftertaste. I'm getting some vanilla. I'm getting some cinnamon in there. But it's not like strong like the other one was for sure. And I'm not really getting any of the rice milk. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Not a great horchata beer, but I think it's a solid beer. Solid beer overall. Uh, I, I felt like the other one was... I don't remember who it was from, but I, ju- I felt like it was a little overwhelming. Not as gnarly as that oatmeal cookie ale. Yeah, though. that thing was crazy. Ugh. It tasted like Christmas. It tasted like Christmas in the worst way. Well, it tasted <laughs> like... the It was oatmeal raisin, and you could definitely taste the raisins in there. Huh. It was yeah, over it, was the top. A, it was an oatmeal raisin stout, or not stout. It was an oatmeal raisin cookie ale. Yeah, ale. it kind of was like. I like that we're talking about beers that we had at a party. Yeah, not that <laughs> not beers that we had on the show. Yeah, but it was like I don't, <laughs> I'm I, super whatever. Interested, whatever. It's it was weird. It was like a sour, but in it was like a sour if you dumped a bunch of nutmeg in it. Yeah, huh. yeah. That's why I'm saying it was Christmassy. It had the yeah, spice was, thing going on. Not a fan. All right, carry mm-hmm. on. Well. Let's talk about these TMG guitars that we've had for two weeks now. They were delivered to us the day that we recorded our last couple episodes. That's true. And so we've had two weeks to kind of mess around with them. Well, I've had a lot of time to mess around with them. Steve, unfortunately, has not had too much time. Uh, Co, you had a little time to mess around with uh, one of them. Yeah, I got to play with the Telecaster a yeah. few minutes ago. Well, the the model is the Gatton. Yes. Oh, sorry, my bad. That's not a Telecaster, Co. <laughs> it's a Gatton. Even though it is what I would consider probably the truest representation of a Telecaster that I've ever played. Because right. uh, every other Telecaster I've played has been like, oh, well, this one's got a humbucker. Or, oh, this one's got a different bridge on it. Or, well, you yeah. know, my Telecaster has a strap pickup in the neck. And like a hot Seymour Duncan custom in yeah. the bridge uh, humbucker, and then my other Telecaster is a PV with like noiseless singles in it. So. Yeah, 
Definitely neither of those are traditional. Yeah, every Telecaster I've come in contact with has had something not standard about it. I mean, the Telecaster that I owned had like a Tesco pickup in the neck. <laughs> and that was the closest I had to an actual regular Telecaster because it had a Telecaster bridge pickup. But, you know... Uh, let's let's talk about these. What are, sure. What, well, let let's get you know kind of I I suppose the elephant in the room. Some people were like, oh, they didn't they didn't talk about they didn't ask Jonathan any of the hard questions. Well, that wasn't really the point. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. We were giving him a forum to kind of tell his story. Yeah. So we we kind of uh, we've kind of been talking to him, and you know these are these are assembly guitars. That that's not a bad thing. A lot. No. Of, a lot of big companies do it. Well, every guitar needs uh, to be assembled eventually. Sure, right. sure. But, you know, as of right now, TMG isn't cutting the bodies and necks in-house. That's something that it sounds like they are uh, working towards eventually. Uh-huh. Well, um, it sounds like they're working towards doing their own finishing. Right. I'm not... I Did he say that they're not cutting the bodies and necks? Uh, maybe it's just the finishing, the yeah, finishing think, and aging. I think the finishing is a thing that he said that they're not doing in house, but there's good reason for that because you can't spray nitro in California. But they're, right. Though now that they're in Oregon, like that's something that they can do. Sure. Sure. Um, but, but you still have, to, I think you still have to have the proper facilities to do it. Right. So, you know, these are being sourced from some pretty substantial companies. Though, sure. So pretty, I, we don't have specifics on names, um, but things that you see thrown around on the web or like places like MJT and Music Craft, uh, and like you, I don't think they use USA Customs custom guitars, but that's another like high end kind of like parts caster. Sure, sure. Again, part, parts caster is not a fair term because these are like spec'd things, like two. Yeah. two I mean, they're, the TMG they're not ordering the stock things that these companies offer they're they're sending templates over they're sending specs over and getting something specifically made for their brand right uh versus what you what us the consumer would do if we were building a parts caster where we'd just be like oh what does wd have what does exactly warmoth have that i can slap into something it's not like that at all. They're they're getting necks built to spec. They're getting bodies built to spec, finishes to spec. Right. So are we talking about the Gatton first? Um You wanna talk about the other one? So we also got a Ronnie Scott in Fiesta Red, which is their offset body. Well the Ronnie Scott is it was made by Antonio, which is right. the old owner. And the Gatton was made by uh by Jonathan, the new owner. Um <laughs> So, One of the lights is freaking out in here. This house is haunted. Yeah, there's a ghost in here. Slimer, is that you? Something in the wires. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how do, we, how do we want to talk about this? What do we want to uh, say? Let's talk about the Gatton first, I guess. Okay. Uh, I mean, both of these guitars are spec similarly in terms Just, of you, you know, read of this, quality. Well, that's what I've got up. All right, so read gonna, this. let's read the specs for both of them, and then we'll <laughs> talk about both All of right, them. All right, so the Gatton is a rosewood fretboard on rock maple neck with a 10-inch radius and a medium C-shaped uh, neck. Uh, it's double-bound. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really uh, pretty. Beautiful double-bound body. It's a V-spec. A Callahan Bridge with uh, 1952 TMG spec pickups. So it's the 52 spec, the c- classic Telecaster style pickups. Uh-huh. And it came with the G&G case, uh, which, I mean, the G&G makes a high-end case. Yeah, the case uh, is really nice. And a mint three-ply guard, pick guard. Yeah. In I, mint. The, uh, the color is mint. Yes. The condition is worn in. 
<laughs> the uh, TMG Ronnie Scott we had was in Fiesta Red with a swamp ash body, rosewood fretboard on rock maple. Um, to do 10 inch radius, medium C neck, and with a Callaham hardtail bridge for Bigsby, a big uh, B5 Bigsby uh, vibrato on it, a Callum Bigsby upgrades, and TMG spec P90s. So the whoever's making the pickups for them, they're winding the pickups and developing the pickups to like a specific yeah sound. And again, that comes also with the G and G case. Yeah, the cases are really fantastic. I was I was really impressed by them. They're really really pretty. The uh, material that's inside, you kind of get like a uh, you know like a, a Pulp Fiction effect when you open up. Oh the, my god! The case for the Gatton, where it's all gold inside, and it just like cast this gold shine on your face and you're like oh i didn't get is, to see the case is that oh is that what i think it is <laughs> you know um i've been having these have been kind of living at my house uh we already sent the ronnie scott uh to its next oh, destination yeah steve just opened it, up the it's case. even got tmg embroidered in the case yeah it's really pretty it's nice it's got the little packet in there to make it fresh <laughs> do not eat I like the, the handles really nice on it the details are really nice um, so yeah I, let, let, let's ask this question Steve from your perspective do you think these guitars are worth their price do you think they're do you th- I'm not going to ask you that I'm not going to ask you that because you probably have a controversial <laughs> I opinion do. on that do I you do. think that these guitars are comparable to other guitars at this price range I don't know because I haven't played a lot of three thousand dollar guitars. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's really hard to say. I will say that these guitars are definitely uh, very well built. Yes, uh, they're kind of. I mean, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. That, like, for myself personally, I don't know that I, I have a developed enough touch because so much, so many of the guitars I play are either weird, right, or cheap, or both. Um, that. And also, I play the bass mostly. Sure. Uh, that it's hard for me to, to say, like, oh, this definitely feels like a $3,000 guitar. But at the same time, like, the point, just the level of detail that has gone into, like, the finishing and just everything about the way that it's put together, like, it definitely doesn't feel like something you would walk into Guitar Center and just pick off the shelf. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's definitely, like, a unique instrument. Um, one thing that we both talked about uh with this is that um the more i played it the more i liked it absolutely like i think when i first picked up cuz the gatton got here first it beat the uh the ronnie scott in the in the mail race for some reason they the, well, like 3 hours yeah for some reason they sent the guitars one through the united postal service and one through fedex and the Postal Service super won. Yeah. Like the Postal Service, and they shipped them out at the same time. The Postal Service got here at like 10 o'clock in the morning, and the and FedEx got here at like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. What you don't know is that Postal Service was supposed to get there the day before. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Obama, yeah. don't kill me. But I, <laughs> It has uh, nothing to do with like it. Like right off the bat with, with both the guitars, something that I've noticed with, these guitars and and other guitars in the kind of boutique range that I've picked up at Nam is that they all have this same kind of fret work. Like they have this kind yeah. of they have this kind of like heavy and blocky on the end fret 
that at first like kind of freaks me out. Like I'm like, oh, are these frets sharp? Is what's going on here? Because I can really feel them. But then they're not sharp. They're not sticking out the edge of the of the fretboard at all. They're just big, and they have a, a like a square cut at the end instead of having like a round cut. Maybe yeah. maybe one of the listeners of the show who is involved in boutique guitars can explain to us the attraction to this, this kind of fret. But at first it was like a turn off to me. But then after a while, like I just adjusted my playing and I guess I could say that I appreciate it now. Like I appreciate that I can sense the fret there, but it's not sharp. It's not cutting me like a cheap guitar would. It's just that I can feel the fret there. Yeah, it's mm. definitely a bigger fret. Right, totally. It's not, you know... Uh, I have that Fender Japan uh, Strat. Yeah, and it has like the opposite fret. Like it's where the frets that I have are like these super low, yeah, flat frets. Like this is definitely like a bigger. Uh, I don't think it's quite a jumbo fret, but it's definitely like on the it's on the bigger of, it's, side it's as far as frets beefy, go. But I noticed the same fret when we were going around Nam on uh, like Roni's guitars, Cowers right. guitars. Uh, I th- I feel like I they were on like Tom Anderson's guitars. Uh, yeah, that actually is. A, I think Tom. I feel like Tom Anderson might use a thinner. Yeah. Fret, but it one has that's that same similar height. That same cut on it. Yeah. Uh, and then there was someone else I was thinking about earlier. I can't remember. There's there's a couple of other guitar brands at Nam that had the same exact thing going on. I was like, what is going on? Because I had always been like. Oh, you want to just not even feel your frets at all, and that's yeah. like the ideal. And there's guitars that I own, and other guitars I've played that have that, and guitars I own that don't have that, obviously. So it's kind of been a little bit of mind bender for me trying to figure out what the deal is with that. Uh, other than that, I love the ten inch radius on these necks. Both of the guitars played very similar to each other because they I, both have the ten inch radius. I know you felt like the ten. I you mentioned that you at first the ten inch radius seemed a little off to you at first because because it was like oh what's different about this guitar right and then it was just like why am I playing so fast <laughs> <laughs> you know? for, for me because I play so much acoustic uh-huh. I don't know what my acoustic is radius at. But then a lot of my guitars are 9.5, except for that Strat that I have, which I think is a 12-inch radius. Is it? Jeez uh, Louise. Yeah, it's, that's why I didn't let you play that guitar, because you were too busy noodling. Oh, is it that the Japanese the one? The Japanese yeah. one. I gave that to you for like one, a couple practices back when we were playing it uh-huh. in, in the band, and you, would, you wouldn't sing the songs. You would just be like soloing through all of the yeah. vocal parts <laughs> flat radiuses are dangerous with me because i just start to get really shreddy and i i uh get distracted by it yeah so th- i need i need a guitar to have a little bit of a, a little bit of curve on the radius for me to, to slow do the right Rock. thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i felt like the uh i felt like the 10 inch felt really good to me yeah yeah it's a, it's uh, a nice it's a little bit quicker than what you expect from a fender style guitar but it's not over the top. Right. Yeah. Compound radius time, man. 10 to 16. Yeah. So there's been some question, uh, like, is the, are the guitars the same now that Jonathan is basically taking over the company and the original owners are not involved anymore? Uh, what was your impression with the Ronnie say, Scott versus I mean, the Gatton? If, you close, if I close my eyes and, like, I couldn't 
it was just hanging on me. I couldn't feel the body shape. The necks are identical. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, they're both the same shape. There's the same radius fretboards. They feel the same. Uh, they feel both felt really comfortable. They're both like same kind of fretwork. Uh, I don't know the way the neck finishing process works on these. Uh huh. Um, because I just don't know anything about neck finishing. Um, but the necks both have like a raw, raw type of finish to it. Well, so it's worn in. The, the, both of the guitars are are heavily relic, not heavily, but pretty decently relic. Right, but the but the neck is like it's that particular style of like the the raw neck. Right, but at the same time, it's not like I don't other raw. I just necks, don't know how to describe it. Other raw necks I've played have had like a gummy thing, like right? A, like a little sticky. Well, these feel like velvety. Yeah, I have two guitars where the finish on the neck has probably been sanded down. Um, that are smooth, but you can tell they're raw. Yeah. This neck looks raw, and it feels dry, but at the same time, like, velvety is a good description. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel raw like somebody sanded it down, It and it doesn't feel like a satin finish. It, I guess maybe it feels like a satin finish that somebody, like, they did a satin finish, and then they, like, rubbed it with a pillow for, like... <laughs> A week straight. Like, you know what I mean? You know what they did is they polished the neck with a puppy. Yeah. No. no, no. I mean, for lack of a better description, like, that's kind of, that's, yeah. Kind of, it feels like, uh, I don't know, something really smooth like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, something really smooth. Shut up. That Steve can't think of. (laughs) Um, as far as differences between, uh, the the guitar produced by Antonio and the original owners and the guitar produced by Jonathan. A couple things that I noticed are just like kind of minute details. The uh, the Gatton, which is the newer one, doesn't have the, the neck plate on it isn't aged. And I'm sure that's mm. just a sort of thing where if you want that, you can order it. Maybe the person that this guitar is going to didn't want the aged neck plate. You got plate. somebody else's guitar? Uh, these guitars are going to people, huh. yeah. So the the uh, the Ronnie Scott I think is already at its destination, like it went up to Bad Cat Bad Cat Amps oh, okay. for them to try it out a little bit, and then there's the guy uh, that is going to own it. I think he has received it already or is about to. And then this one, we're, when we get the shipping slip, it is going to its new owner. Nice. Um, Another thing, the nut seemed either to be a different material or to be aged differently. Again, not really an issue, like guitar to guitar. Um, other than that, other than the fact that it's got a different name badge on it because the name of the company has changed slightly, and it's uh, the application is a little different of the, the, the tag on the headstock, these guitars feel very similar to me. They definitely feel like they're coming from the same manufacturer. Sure. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is one company and here's another. They're the same company as far as I can tell. The pickups both uh, are very nice sounding pickups to my ear. Uh, yeah. We kind of mentioned earlier with the Gatton that it's uh, a true Telecaster. And that was something that I kind of had to adjust to because the bridge pickup is like, Super bright, right? In a way, and I would just say this about this guitar overall, and it's something that that is kind of, I think, a mantra for high end guitars in general. Uh-huh. Is a high end guitar is not going to make you a better guitarist? No. If whoa, anything, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know, right? 
If anything, like at least in the case if of that's not going to make me a better guitarist, then what will? Okay. It, I, I feel I feel like for oh, me it, with the game, it kind of exposed a lot of like my flaws. Okay. Uh, in the sense that like the bridge pickup and the neck pickup are very different. Uh huh. So if I try to play the bridge, like I would say that normally. I probably don't put a ton of variance in my playing style pickup to pickup on the same guitar. Sure. But with this guitar, like, I really had to pay attention because if I tried to play the bridge pickup the same way I played the neck pickup, it was just, like, ice picky blowing me out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, I, I mean, you I could probably EQ that out, but it was sure. something where where I just noticed that, like, that these pickups are extremely touch-sensitive. Yeah. Well, they're very telecastery, but mm-hmm. uh, compared to other telecasters I've played, I think these are. I mean, obviously the the bridge pickup is bright, but it's not ice picky compared to other telecasters. No, I've played. well, you like, know, I think it's it's got a good punch to it. It's got a good mid punch to yeah, it. Yeah, I guess ice picky maybe isn't the right word because even when it was like super bright, it still yeah. had a lot of bottom end, and it responds really well to uh, the. The tone knob on there. Yeah, I don't know what kind of cap they have in there, but it's it's a nice sounding one. Uh, I think they are using Emerson Electronics, okay. so hmm. that's what uh, that's the 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 thing that people are all excited about these days. So. Yeah. Um, the Ronnie Scott, you didn't get to play it a lot. I had it here for about a week, I think, before uh-huh. it, before we had to send it on its way. Uh, I really really liked that guitar. I thought the Ronnie Scott was really a lot of fun. It's just I thought it was just a really classic yeah, all but around. Yeah, Bigsby on an offset. I know. Right? It, <laughs> I thought it was just a really great all around kind of rocker guitar. Right. I really liked. At first, I I was kind of put off by the bridge because it kind of had like a Telecaster saddle sort of thing instead of oh, having yeah. a standard offset bridge that kind of moves with the tremolo use. Right. But you know that thing was. With a lot of tremolo use, it was it was dead stable. I was barely having to tune that thing in between jam sessions. Uh, I really loved the color on that guy. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, I loved that Fiesta Red. I loved the little checking and the, the cracks and the Relic. Um, I'm not even really a big Relic guy, but I, I really liked the uh, like the temperature cracks that, the, that that thing had going through it. Yeah. Um, the pickups were great. They sounded... Like I was saying with the Telecaster, they sounded kind of punchy. They didn't sound overly bright. Yeah. I feel like they were maybe a little bit hot for my taste, though. Well, P90s. Yeah, so. I don't own anything with P90s, so it might just be like I'm not used to them. But I was, it was pushing, the, the low strings on it were pushing my amp a little harder than I would have liked. Right. And that could have been remedied by me doing my own setup on it as far as like moving the pickups around or whatever. Uh, but that's just personal taste stuff. I think the vast majority of any issues that I've had with these guitars have been personal taste stuff. Sure. I could have raised the action on the Gatton and been a little bit happier with it, but I didn't, I was lazy. I didn't feel like doing it. Um, <laughs> just cause it's set up to be so fast right now and so low, I right. prefer to have a little bit more of a push against my strings so I don't go crazy on the shreddy stuff. <laughs> it's always a temptation there for me to get too shreddy. Right. And I have to just uh, do whatever it takes. I don't have that takes. problem. You don't have that problem? No. You never want to get too shreddy? Well, I couldn't even if I wanted to. That's the problem. You with, wouldn't. That's you the problem couldn't. with our demo videos is like, Ryan's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm just going to noodle for 
10 minutes. What you're doing right there, my noodling doesn't sound that good. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that you had like a little classical piece there. I, oh my gosh. I wish I could noodle that good. I <laughs> um, just wish you'd play some chords. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we want to say about these guitars? Uh, I'll give my know. experience from the sure. two and a half minutes sure. I had on that Gatton. Yeah. First thing I noticed, it felt solid. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's a big deal for me. I like guitars to feel like they're not going to break when I touch them. Totally. Because um, I slam strings hard with a pick. <laughs> I, I broke my low E on my bass on a couple different occasions. <laughs> like, Damn, dude. That's what I do. And this felt like it could handle that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it feels really robust. the The neck feels really solid in the in the pocket. Yeah, uh, I've really enjoyed the sustain of these guitars. And I'm not usually someone who's like cork sniffing sustain, but I was just right. in the Can videos. I haven't edited the videos yet, but maybe I'll get a part in there where I just hold a chord and let it ring. And it felt like it just it wasn't like the notes ringing. But just the warmth of the strum continued throughout for like a long period of time. It almost felt like when you like hit a a, a note on the piano and let it sustain. Right. Like after the note is gone, there's just like that low rumble in the piano. You might body. be able to hear it right now. Still. Oh, it's still going. I, we can hear it. <laughs> but I, it's, that's I I can genuinely say that's the first time where I've been like, whoa, this is an interesting sustained dynamic with a guitar. Like my other guitars, I don't spend any time thinking about that. Uh, I really like the weight of the body on the Gatton. Mm -hmm. It feels really light, but, but solid and, and very like substantial. I don't know how to describe it. No, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely well put together. I mean, it was made to be held and played. Yeah, totally. It's a player's it, guitar. Yeah, it's not. It's not meant to be babied. Yeah. Really, is sure, what it feels sure. like. It's not meant to be. I mean, it's already. It's already relic. Like, right. It all yeah. already looks like someone's been playing it a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you got to lose? Just play this thing. Just go for but I, it. But I think that's really the attraction to these guitars is that they are players' guitars with some premium features uh, and a premium feel. You know, I've I've said before, and we've talked about before that the difference between you know, like an $800 guitar and a $3,000 guitar is really like single digit percentage. Sure. It's like 5%, 4% better. But if you're a professional musician or, or someone who really cares and you have the budget, that percentage, you, it makes all the difference to you. Yeah. You know, uh, you can get similar sounds from a, uh, from the Mexican guitar. If you drop the right pickups in there, Mm-hmm. But it's not going to feel the same. It's not going to have the the same pride of ownership, I guess. Right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So I can see the value in these guitars. I'm probably never, ever going to spend this kind of money on a guitar. And it's been a little trippy having these guitars around the house. Right. Just because it's like, oh my gosh, I hope my house doesn't burn down because <laughs> I've got these very expensive guitars in the house. <laughs> Maybe the insurance won't cover it. I don't know. When, yeah. when, you know, it's like the house is worth more than the guitars, but still I'm nervous because it's like all my guitars are maybe worth $7,000 if I put them all together. Right. And these two guitars together are worth $7,000 just yeah. hanging around in my house. I, I'm currently saving up 
to get high-end boutique guitar. Are you? Yeah, I, I was sold. On, do you have one in mind? Oh, yeah. What are you going to get? Uh, I'm going to get a Paul Roney Oceana. Oh. I, I sat, Fancy. Well, okay. I sat down with the, his Vireo at uh-huh. NAMM, and it was one of those aha moments, like, a guitar can feel like this. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it belongs. Yeah, totally. To me, like in me, <laughs> in you. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. In, in hey, my buddy. hands. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I, that, wait, wait. Did you say in your hands or in your pants? In my hands. Steve. Oh, okay. Steve is blushing over there. <laughs> no, that, that's because I'm Asian. It's called Asian glow. <laughs> it's a thing that happens when we drink. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Learned about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm saving. I mean. I keep getting distracted by pedals and whatnot, <laughs> yeah. so it's a little slow saving process, but sure. it, it's going to happen. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever be at that place. I hope that someday I get lined up with you know my dream guitar, or whatever that happens to be at the at the moment. Like my dream guitar was the the Hallmark Swiftwing, and I have that now. So it's like I'm not even thinking about my dream guitar anymore. Right. You know? yeah. I guess my dream guitar right now is would be one that I would build from scratch, and then I would be upset at how awful it is. And then I've got I, a bunch, and of, then I would spend three grand on a custom guitar from someone else. I've got a bunch of garbage wood in my backyard because I just took apart an entertainment center. Nice. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess you just took apart a deck, so you might have more garbage wood <laughs> oh, around I've here. I've got a bunch of uh, deck a, wood, a reclaimed, reclaimed guitar. There yeah, you go. It's, it's been made. It's it's pre-chambered by termites. <laughs> 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 Which might actually be a fun sound, you know? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? All right, so I, th- I mean, I think the bottom line here is, I think there's a couple take-home points. One is that, like, this, these are legit, high-quality guitars. Yeah. Uh, I, any, I, I think that any criticism that is out there cons- concerning the quality of these guitars is just internet rumor. Right. It's... I think these stand up just fine against any other three to four thousand dollar guitar I've played. Sure. Uh, as far as quality, sound, playability goes, uh, fit and finish of of the details, I think they hold up just fine against anything. Uh, I definitely hold up better than the vast majority of stuff you'll find in your guitar center. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't, you know, Jonathan came to us to kind of set the story straight with his story. Uh, concerning him becoming the owner of the guitar company, he sent us these guitars to review. I think I think they're great. I think any, like I said, any internet rumor, those are just rumors. If you're curious about these guitars, talk to Jonathan. Maybe there's someone in the area he can connect you with. Yeah, do you remember what the, the contact info is for them? Is it info at tmgguitarco.com? It's something similar to that. Just search for TMG Guitar Co., and you'll find the website on yeah, your Google. Yeah, the website has an email. Uh, this, if you're listening to this because you're watching the YouTube demo, um, the email will be in the description. Sure. Eventually. And if, you, and if you're <laughs> just listening on the podcast, we'll probably have the email in the description of the podcast. Yeah. Why not, right? I'll probably forget. That's why not. <laughs> if Steve forgets, then write us and we'll get you that link. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So we're uh, we're half an hour in. Oh boy! Do we want to hit wow. one ad just to do it and then tackle the topic? Yeah, let's. We we got to do some ads. Yeah, let's do at least. Let's just run long. Okay, let's well, run su- the longest. The longest. The longest. Long. Longest episode ever. 
All right, let's pull up our ad machines here. Beep, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> nice sound effect, Co. You're welcome. I can't. F- oh, there it is. My, I'm starting up my ad machine. It Which runs ad on, are we doing? Uh, we're going to start with the It Will Be Deleted. All right. It's in here, right? Yep. Here we go. Is it? Oh, there it is. Uh, so someone posted this to the group. I don't remember who. If if you remember who you are, it was one of the North Carolina guys. I want to say this one might have been Mark. You think this is a Mark guitar, huh? I. That's my guess. So this is a. Fun, I could be wrong. This is a fun one, just because the guy is very serious about uh, phone numbers. All right, I'm going to read this verbatim. Okay. I will not. No commentary added. Yeah. I will Are do you going to shout the capitals? Uh, sure. Okay. Except for in the title. Okay. Fender Telecaster electric guitar with Bigsby and hard case for sale for trade, four hundred and forty nine dollars, Chapel Hill. Leave your phone number in the email, or it will be deleted. Leave your phone number in the email, or it will be deleted. Leave your phone number in the email, or it will be deleted. Leave your phone number in the email, or it will be deleted. I can't stress this enough. <laughs> if you must text phone number, I, I I edited out the phone number. That's my commentary. Okay. Uh, trade or sell. I am selling my MIM Fender Telecaster. I did not like the MIM Fender Tele neck that was on it, so I changed it to a Fender MIM Stratocaster neck. Much, much better. <laughs> it doesn't stop there. Professionally installed Bigsby Vibrato really makes this guitar shine. Now, it is a great guitar. The volume and tone knobs have been changed and it has a crystal light green on the top. Comes with a hard case. Okay. Yeah, obviously, the his thing about the phone number is goofy. But let's just talk <laughs> Ryan. about... Ryan. Yes. Leave your phone number in the email or it will be deleted. It will be deleted. Deleted! Like, this guy is really serious about phone numbers. He wants to call you if you want this guitar. But what do you think of the price of this thing? Too much. It's too much. There's too many goofy upgrades. Like, I mean, as upgrades, I mean aftermarket changes. The the red pick guard on there, I think, looks stupid. Yeah, so this is like a cobalt blue or something. Yeah. Maybe not cobalt, but it's... The whatever the generic everybody's got one Fender blue, right? It's uh, almost like a Lego blue, right? Uh, it's got this red pit guard. The thing that actually bothers me is that it has a red pit guard, and then the the knobs have like a plastic jewel on top, and yeah. it's green. Like there's no rhyme or reason to the colors; they're just chosen it. You know, so he rolled a color die. And it came up green. And then he rolled it again and it came up red. He's, he's like, just like, right, this whatever. guitar needs every color. Yeah. I'm just going to get colors in this guitar. Uh, the Bigsby upgrade, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine with me. I, that's fine. I mean, if you want to tack on, you know, 50 bucks onto a normal use price on this guitar because you installed the Bigsby, I could kind of get behind sure. that. If this was $350, i would be like, okay, like I think that's a fair price. Yeah. The Strat Neck Swap... It's not ideal for someone shopping for a Telecaster, but that that's a very personal upgrade for that guy. Yeah, yeah. Because most people are going to be like, I want my Telecaster neck. Yup. And also, the 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 heel shape on a Telecaster neck versus a Strat neck are actually different. So a Strat neck will not fit in the pocket the same. No, but it will fit. It it's, will A Tele neck won't fit on a Strat at all. It will. 
Well, if you route it, because uh, no. it's square, the telly the neck, neck is, square. is square. It won't fit in. It well, say that to my baritone that has a Telecaster neck. Maybe your baritone's neck is weird. Uh, no, it's not. It's a is Telecaster. Is it square? Neck. Yeah, I had to modify the strap pick guard to make it fit. I my understanding was that the pocket usually doesn't fit. No, uh, <laughs> well, it's. It's not gonna. It's not gonna fit perfectly on either. Fight, 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 uh, fight, fight, fight. Either <laughs> either direction. It's not gonna fit perfectly. So you're not gonna have the most ideal fit as far as the neck fitting into the net pocket. And that might make some kind of slight difference on the tone or the sustain or something like that. But probably right. not. Uh, biggest problem is that the uh, the transition from the neck to the pit guard is gonna look goofy. You can't really see it in these pictures, but. Uh, there is gaps in between the pit guard and the neck. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. Four four forty nine. No way for me. Why do people put things as four forty nine? I don't know. Like it's the same why tactic just, Walmart takes. Why yeah, don't but, you just call it four fifty? Yeah. I'm but gonna at, at Walmart. They're trying to get you to pick. You know, between six different versions of laundry detergent. <laughs> this guy's just trying to sell his weird guitar. <laughs> Versus no other weird guitars that are like it. So it's like he doesn't have to compete by doing some weird numbers And at trick. this price, like I'm hitting up an ATM for sure. It's not like I have $449 yeah. laying around totally, the house. Totally, totally. You know? um, do you? Well, if, <laughs> Lunch money. At this, price, <laughs> at this price, I'd hope that you'd haggle with him and get it closer to uh, $325. Well, that, you know, if we're analyzing the psychology of Craigslist, like maybe that's it. Maybe he's like... Yeah, I don't really need four fifty, but you know, like yeah. under that's yeah. cool. Four forty nine gets him in the door. Four four twenty sells the guitar. Oh come there on! It is. <laughs> Everything what? on Craigslist that is priced at four twenty, they're just asking for trade. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I wasn't even going there. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't think I would pay more than than like three twenty five for this thing, and I'd have to really be into it, you know. Yeah. Cause tinkle, it's, tinkle. It's still, it's still a Mexican Telecaster. It doesn't well, matter what upgrades he's put into it. I'm doing upgrades in air quotes, right? And I mean, I fall in that faction of I love my Mexican Telecaster. Oh yeah, totally. Mexican made Telecaster. I love. Rather. I've got Mexican uh, Stratnecks on uh, th- three or four guitars right now. A bunch of guitars. I love Mexican stuff from Fender. I think it's yeah. great, but it. Let's be honest, it doesn't carry the value. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't... It doesn't command, uh, especially on the used market, numbers close to 500. It commands numbers close to 300. If you're lucky, close to 200. Right. If yeah. you're if you're looking at a MIM that's, like, on the light side of 200, then that's just... That's flip stuff right there. Mm-hmm. You can get that and flip it for sure. For shizzle. Uh, Steve has gone to the bathroom because it's that time of the podcast again. Uh, let's do the next ad. This was sent to us by Jake Pantalope. I think that's how you say his last name. Steve, how do you say uh, Jake's last name? Panatopal. 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 Not Pantalope? <laughs> Not Pantalope. <laughs> <laughs> This is what you get for wanting us to read an ad on oh, man. the uh, on the podcast, Jake. Which ad did he send us? The the painted delay. Jacque. All right, the painted delay. This is for a line six DL four hand painted, one of a kind, two hundred and fifty dollars. 
Up for grabs is my one-of-a-kind hand-painted Line 6 DL4. Has upgraded switches and LEDs, orange for presets, and blue for tap. I've owned this pedal for a few years and my wife hand-painted it herself when I was upgrading the switches and LEDs. Shortly after we painted it, I got a timeline and it has been sitting around for a couple of years. I honestly don't want to sell it because it's become more artwork to me even though I don't use it. But I feel like it's so beautiful and it should be played. Uh, what, Cole, do you what, do you, what do you think? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it is painted. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. There is paint on it. Here's, here's, here's my first question. Is timeline code for divorce? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's code for a more expensive delay pedal. I got a timeline and now this thing's got to go. These things were used to be... Gr- these things are green originally, yeah. right? Yeah. So it looks like it was... Delay was green. It was spray painted like a cream color and then painted with like a sunset motif. It's very, uh, very impressionist. Yeah, there's like uh, a, like a, it's like a sunset on the ocean kind of scene. It's really not good. It's not great. It's bad but art. Art, it, art is interpretive. Sure. It. I, the, so this is my qualification for calling this bad art. <laughs> very rarely do I look at a piece of art and go, "Oh, I could do that." Uh. <laughs> when I look at this DL4, I look at it and go. Oh, I could do that. I don't know if you could do that, but I could coach you through doing it. I think I, I don't. All I see here is okay. She spray painted it white or whatever. Uh huh. She painted the top half of the guitar light blue with a brush. Not the, the pedal, not the guitar. Or, sorry, the pedal. She painted the middle third of the guitar pedal. <laughs> Come guitar on, pedal, orange. <laughs> She, or did I say guitar again? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, pedal. And she painted the bottom remaining, see, one half plus one third, uh, the remaining one sixth, I think, of the guitar. Pedal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he can do math, but. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, the remaining, whatever, uh, dark blue. Like, yeah. there's nothing about here. I guess there's like a streak of yellow on one part. Yeah, I think she's trying to do an outline of the sun. There's definitely like a sunset and thing some going like on. Cloudy things. But she's kind of just following the edges that already exist on the guitar. Pedal. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that hard shot is going straight to his head. Uh, of this pedal. Um, I definitely think. I'm not saying I could duplicate this pedal. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I definitely think I could do something that was on par with a slight, maybe slight, I mean, it would yeah. be different, but it would be on par in terms of artistic integrity, except I don't have any artistic sure. integrity. Well, what I'd say about this <laughs> is that I would look at this as, if I was in the market for a DL4, I'd look at this as an open canvas and be like, oh, well, I can paint my own thing over that, because right. it's already uh, had that done. Uh, it does have upgraded parts as far as switches and LEDs. Sure. Uh, is what do you think of the value of it? Two hundred fifty. Um, well, I can get a green one pretty much all day long for one twenty. I think. Yeah, that's about right. So, and unless her his his wife is like Grandma Moses <laughs> or Andy Warhol, sure, or Picasso. Yeah, if he's if he's married to Picasso or Andy Warhol, <laughs> yeah, or Grandma or, Moses, or Grandma Moses, um, I don't understand why this would be worth more. Yeah, 
Uh, but I mean, I mean, even with the switch upgrade, that upgrade's not hard to do, right? That's I don't know like how a, difficult like a fifty dollar upgrade. Sure. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I would be. I don't think I. I definitely wouldn't pay more than the going rate for this. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would say. I know we when we talked about it on the group, a lot of guys said that they wouldn't even pay more than like eighty or ninety dollars for this. Sure, sure. And I, I personally like. I would, I would pay if I wanted a DL four. I think I would pay street rate for this, like one twenty, one twenty five. Yeah, one ten. Just to get those upgraded switches. Sure. Like if this versus a stock version, and where the switches are stock and the LEDs are stock. Would you pick this for the same price? Uh, maybe. That's a strong maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like if I saw them both, and I was, you know, I yeah, sure, why not? I'll say yes. Okay. Say upgraded switches and lights to me doesn't make. Um, I see that. I'm like, eh. yeah. Eh. As long as the switches work on an original one, you'd <laughs> right. be fine, I mean, right? What, what's the difference going to be in that? I mean, maybe they feel a little clickier. <laughs> Yeah, the, no, the click is a little nicer. That's literally, I think that's all the, the, the switch upgrade is. They put soft touch switches on them oh, instead okay. of uh, the standard like hard click. Yeah, I'd say that I'd probably go for the stock one. I'm with yeah. Co. You're wrong, Steve. Co and I agree. Whatever. We talked about it before the show, and we think you're wrong. <laughs> Custom build T40 G1 1950s tube amp with Utah 12 inch and Lico cap. This is uh, this That's one's Lico. This Anlico. one's for you. Those good old Ann Lico magnets. <laughs> you sent us that one a few weeks ago that uh, was, was like the uh, the cabinet, like the 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 drawer, the end table, end table amp. <laughs> yeah. This is another furniture amp. So, uh, did you find this one, Steve? Yeah, I saw it today, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's got covert and all over it." <laughs> <laughs> is this is this what you're looking for as far as furniture amps go? Honestly, I like the the end table idea a little bit better than the old radio. I mean, you can put a lamp on the end table. Yeah, you can put a lamp on it. Like you can put coasters on it. Coasters, <laughs> drinks. You can put of a all drink on a radio. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It, this this isn't quite what I was what yeah. I'm thinking would be cool. <laughs> it's just dirt, saying. it's dirtier too. It's so, dirtier. It doesn't so, look as fine. So yeah. this is a old school Clarion tube radio guitar amplifier, custom build, vintage 1950s. The mad scientist did it again. He did? Apparently. Oh, I wish he wouldn't. Have. The amp department here <laughs> at Top 40 Guitars converted this 1950s tube radio into a sweet guitar slash harp amplifier what you have here is a 5 wall all tube point to point hand wired amp it's powered by one 6v6 tube the controls are volume tone and on off do I mean do people think that oh I'm gonna buy this amp and it doesn't have an on off switch I really wish I had that on off control because I plug in this <laughs> amp and it just stays on the whole time uh, <laughs> the, the plug is the on switch <laughs> <laughs> the, the amp has a very warm tube sound. It can get nasty. Hmm. <laughs> Are we in the right section of Craigslist? Oh <laughs> the more you turn it up, the better it sounds. This amp has all new filter caps. Very quiet. It is a perfect amp for recording and an awesome conversation piece. There the dial go. light still works. <laughs> and they're asking 500 Well, they're asking 499 Five hundred, four ninety nine, whatever. For five or trade, or trade. For five hundred, I don't know. Yeah. If I saw this like at a, at a swap meet or in like in a guitar store somewhere, 
I feel like it has to be close to half of that for me to even be interested. Well, you're seeing it on Craigslist as advertised by a guitar store. Yeah. This 500 seems too steep for how dirty it looks. Like, the the radio has seen some better days. Maybe it can be cleaned up with some wood polish or something. Like, you get some some lemon pledge on there, (laughs) and maybe you'll get it shining again. Maybe they would have done that, though, if it was possible. I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? So, how about I'm going to change this a little. Uh, what do you think about that sweet crushed blue whatever backdrop? <laughs> <laughs> I love there's a there's a few guitar shops that do this. I you know I appreciate some of the guitar shops and the efforts they make to to do backdrops and whatever. Uh huh. But the two shops, Top Forty is one of them, and there was another one that was like up in Carlsbad. What's the one that does the tiki? Like they put always put that tiki in the shot. Uh, I don't know. I think it might be top forty. I think yeah, I think it might be top forty. Does it not? Yeah. Maybe not in every shot, but in shot in a, but in a lot of them. Yeah, it's. I'm like I, when your advertisement looks like it's an advertisement from like 1993, like that's not a it good thing. Like, it looks like a glamour shot. Right, right, and and you <laughs> like, know this amplifier went to the prom. <laughs> for what it's worth, like uh, elderly instruments does the same thing. Uh huh. Like that's kind of the style that they have on their website. And elderly was like a standard for like used instrument shops for a long time. Uh huh. Um, but it's just kind of a weird, kind of like chintzy thing. It seems like. Yeah, I just I don't think it carries over well into the new generation that we're in with with, with photography. I think people would rather see this photo- photograph naturally in a shop that's full of other things yeah. as a backdrop rather than setting up this weird velvet crushed velvet sort of thing behind it. It definitely doesn't lend to the old-timey vibe. No, like it, it no. might make it look dirtier because there's that... Uh, well, I mean, that's the one thing I'm wondering is, like, I wonder if this, if you saw this, like, in a room, yeah. or even if it was, like, in a shop room or even, like, a warehouse or something, if you might look at it and go, like, oh, like, it, oh, it's a little dirty, but whatever. Yeah, like, I see I think the I potential. Like, put it s- in its natural habitat. Yeah, when you see it in something yeah. where... It, like everything around it also looks old if it makes if it increases that dinge factor yeah i think it does increase the dinge factor top 40 if you're listening sorry fix your game man (laughs) your game is weak (laughs) we know some guys that do photo yeah totally I'll, i'll come over there and i'll do you a good video and we'll do some trades. I'll take some gear off, <laughs> off your hands, and I'll video the other gear. I, I'd do that. I'd work all day and and take for a trade gear? for gear. Yeah, <laughs> you already do it for beer. That's true. I did that today. I was working at a brewery <laughs> and a donut shop. I had donut and beers. What for lunch? Oh Dang. man, yeah. It was it was a rough day. Well, let's call it done for the ads. All right, we did it. Let's talk about this topic that we got. We're going to talk about some recording stuff that you've been doing, Co. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited, first of all, to uh, you know promote what I've been working on and just talk about guitar recording in general. Sure. Because it's, it's fun for me. Uh-huh. Well, you have like a little uh, studio that you have out in East County, right? Yeah. It, it is small. It's a small studio. But sure. it, it functions for what I need to do. And, uh, you know. Been doing some fun business out there. Been so, wor- go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just, you know, working on projects here and there, helping out, get business from 
friends and mostly friends. Uh huh. I don't advertise at all or sure. And I think this is the first time in a public place I've ever really like promoted anything. Right. So <laughs> do you do like do you do all the mastering and stuff in house also? Uh, I don't do mastering. I can do mixing. Okay. Although I prefer not to do mixing. Okay, so you just you're kind of just recording it all and yeah. What I, what I aim for is to do more of the like the engineering, so the tracking, okay. tracking and producing stuff. Um, I find mixing to be very tedious and boring. <laughs> do so, you do you like uh, contract that out to other people? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and what? do they do it in your studio or do they do it elsewhere? Elsewhere, gotcha. Yeah, cool. Works out good that way. Yeah, so you do the stuff that you want to do and get someone else to do the, the, right. the, the nitty-gritty. Yeah, the nitty-gritty, that, like I said, tedious and boring stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm sure someone out there likes doing that stuff. Yeah, in fact, the main guy I use, Mr. Ryan Poole, like, he, uh-huh. he lives for that. He loves it. Like, he's all about, he loves mixing and producing. Well, there you go. So. There you go. So what have you been working on recently? What's, what's the big thing? The big project I've been working on right now is a EP called Working Class for my buddy Matt Tyler. Uh-huh. He was thinking about coming today. I was really excited about that because he kind of looks like you. <laughs> and so it was going to be kind of like this doppelganger moment. Like okay. White blonde hair, white blonde beard. Like What if it's like the Highlander and we had to fight? Uh- that would have made for good podcasting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we would have had to make our first video podcast. He would have come yeah. in and I would have been like, they're going to be the only one! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's been the big thing that I've been working on for oh, probably getting close to 10 months now. Whoa, um, long project. Most of that was because there was downtime. I got laid off uh-huh. which i thought was going to equal more time in the studio nope but then the baby was born yeah. <laughs> so like it just it you know timeline didn't work out the way we wanted it to but uh-huh. uh it's produced some really fun results cool um yeah i first thought like i'll start just with talking about re- sure recording. sure like it's been a i love different sounds uh-huh. Like, <laughs> you're saying, are you telling me that you would rather not hear the same sound over and over again? Correct. I would like to hear things different. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you just want to hear the same sound. Well, you know, like I'll just one ki- key, like you pick just one key on the piano. And one just like, note. Well, that's what, the one. What, which one was the guitar player in the Ramones? He had that famous one note solo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've, my in influence for guitar has always been um mxpx first of all they're my favorite band of all sure. times okay they have to be permanently for the rest of my life whoa tattoo he's <laughs> wow um flashing some skin yeah, yeah they'll always be my favorite because of that uh but beyond <laughs> they'll that, always be your favorite because you have a tattoo <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you have to that's one way to do it i guess yeah that's, uh, that's why there's so many Red Hot Chili Peppers fans out there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but be, beyond that, like Brand New has been a huge influence on my okay. on my guitar sounds that I've searched for and tried to get. Um, a couple bands out of Scotland that do kind of more of the indie punk thing. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm always trying to experiment and get new things, which led me for a long time when I was miking my guitar amps for tracking in the studio. I refused to do the standard. Really? 
I refused for so long to fit, use a 57. What, so, what do you use? Anything else I could get my hands on. <laughs> anything. Anything else. I, I've used contact mics. I've used condensers. I, I've used ribbons. Like All of those have been used on major recordings as well, but like... I did not want that standard rock sound. I'm like, I can't have it. Right. Can't have it. Not going to do it. Um, and I've come up with some, what I think is super cool, fun stuff. Not very commercial, though. Sure. You well, know, you know, there's enough commercial stuff. Why make more of it? You know? Right. Yeah. Um, so my, my techniques, I've always tried to do a room and a close mic. Okay. Uh-huh. Depending on the, the tone I'm trying to get, whether, you know, the mic's right center off to the side tilted whatever but i like having some room mm-hmm. yeah, to blend in mix totally. in. when you're doing guitars do you usually do like a, a single mic or do you will you throw on like two or three mics and blend them all or send them all off or whatever or uh yeah depending on the sound i do like to have a room mic if i can afford it um sometimes just when tracking that it's right. not always an option uh, for me because I'm limited on preamps and cables and stands, sure. but uh, I like to have room sound. Currently, next door to my studio, there is an auto upholstery guy. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so you know he has like this uh, <laughs> compressor that kicks on every now and then. Uh-huh. And, like, if I have a room mic, you definitely hear it. If I'm close mic, you don't hear it as much. Right. So, <laughs> so um, that poses a issue, but. You just gotta have someone like record there, that may, like that drops like a like a rocket from the crypt level, like artist. Uh huh. Where everyone will hear it and be like, "What's that crazy thing in the background? I gotta get one of those." Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I need one for my studio. A compressor? How many <laughs> gallons? <laughs> what? Oilless. Yeah. No, they do. Uh, don't they measure the? I don't know. The compressor in gallons? Yeah, like, the tank. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the tank. Yeah. Something that Overall, don't you get the Harbor Freight ad in the yeah. mail? <laughs> exactly. I look through the Harbor Freight every catalog. week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. what's what's uh, for three dollars over there right now? Yeah. Oh, a flashlight. Oh, oh cool. Oh, yeah. six flashlights for three bucks. What? <laughs> Moving blankets. Harbor Freight's like my toy store. Yeah. Yeah. I get lots of stuff from there. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I you know on the the miking tip. On this project, I a lot of the early, like, demoing it out, working things through tracks that we recorded were condensers and ribbons and just trying to do weird setups and different sounds. Uh-huh. Um, we then sent those tracks out to Nashville to Ryan Poole. Oh, oh wow. And um, to, like, we, you know, give him our thing. Like, he, we also hired him to drum on it. Oh, okay. So we sent him that, and he sent us back drum tracks with synth and beats, like sampled beats added into it. And at that point, it was like, okay, these guitar sounds aren't going to work. Oh, okay. They don't work with this stuff. Uh, so at that point, I resigned myself, and I borrowed a 57 from someone. <laughs> <laughs> and I put it in there, and it worked. So like, I fought it and fought it and fought it, but it, it worked great on uh-huh. this project. There you go, man. So, I had kind of like I've had kind of the opposite mentality where my whole life I've recorded with everything but fifty sevens, just because I didn't have one around. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll make this work. I'll make this fifty eight work, or this Radio Shack mic work, or I'll make this 
condenser work. Yeah. And then my uncle gave me a 57 and I've used it and I'm like, well, this sounds exactly what I was trying to get this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I've got a 57 now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do. They just give you that sound that yeah. you're probably looking for. Exactly. I and, hate and, to admit it. And they're but. great for like gear demos because I can just say like, oh, this was mic'd with the 57 and people are like, Oh, okay. Then yeah, I know, people. I know, people what, know what that, that means, means. You know? right? Yeah, for for you know for our stuff, people they get it. Yeah, it's a kind of a industry. You know, it's an industry standard for better or worse. Right. It's you know it's this yeah it's a standard. So people aren't going to be like oh well he only got that sound because he was using a fancy ribbon mic. Right. So for the we did the Matt Tyler song like mm-hmm. two or three weeks ago, I think. Uh huh. Um. We should have saved it for, for this episode. <laughs> we didn't have any songs. I know, right? Um, go go back and listen through our old episodes and find the ones with the Matt Tyler song. I wish uh, I knew which number episode it was. Yeah, it's, it's a big mystery now. I could figure it out. Give me a few minutes. But you, you're, the rest of the album's on lockdown, right? You, yeah, the rest of the album's on lockdown right now. Um, we are planning to release another single probably in the next three weeks okay and then i think the full release is gonna be in june gotcha. how, how much you so you mentioned that ryan did the ryan pool did the uh drums and synth mm-hmm. and tr- and like back beat beats yeah he had those yeah so those uh samples block rock and beats mm-hmm. samples <laughs> uh in nashville did you do like vocal and other stuff here yeah so vocals and guitar work were done here um we my goal like okay the project has morphed completely like it the original plan for it was matt wanted songs that when he played them at open mic nights and stuff they would sound like the same song sure and then we got caught up in like the production of it and it's turned into a studio thing yeah it's turned into a i mean a great in a great way a studio thing Uh um matt is, is heavily influenced these days by yellow wolf Okay. okay, which I don't know if you guys know much I'm about not, him. You know what's funny familiar. is like I hear the he's got a song on the radio that I don't hate. I saw one on YouTube that's like Yellow Wolf featuring Eminem, mm-hmm. and like I wanted to punch every wall in my house. What it is was, the song that's I on the radio that you don't hate? Like how does it? go? I don't know how it goes. It's just some guy talking he, over some drums and stuff. Yeah, he has one that's um, on the local rock station, Rock One Hundred Five Three. Uh huh. Uh, so I and it. It doesn't come across like he's uh, he's a rapper. Okay, Ye- Yellow Wolf's a rapper. Okay, um, but he kind of has this like southern rock thing about him. Gotcha, and which plays right into Matt's deal. He you know grew up listening to Leonard Skinner. That one of his biggest influences in life. Sure, uh, mm. or in guitar life rather. Um, so it, it plays right into his thing, and then that recording this project, we start getting tracks down. And he's like, oh, we should add a beat in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how are you going to do that at an open mic night? And he's yeah, like, it'll yeah. sound good. I'm like, okay. You, you just so. get a looper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get a laptop and press play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it's kind of morphed, but it, it's been a fun process, and Ryan's been super helpful in the beats department. Uh-huh. So. With a Z. Beats with beats. a Z. Beats. <laughs> beats. Beats. Uh, um, but pizza, yeah, pizza. <laughs> mm. Uh, mm. I, I have been talking to 
Matt and other people involved in this project, and we have a couple ideas for things and ways to involve the podcast. It just as like a sure thank you for getting us on here and talking about it. Hey, Ooh. sure, yeah. So first of all, I'm gonna get you guys some shirts. Hey, man, I wear like shirts, clothes, right? Yeah, okay. I don't want to be naked. I, I brought beer. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. did. I brought beer. Yeah, and uh, I we're thinking about a contest. Oh, okay. What do you um, have in mind? So. By in the next by the next episode, uh-huh. having a track for you guys to play in the episode or just release as its own little thing that we want to try and get a sixty cycle hum guy to be a featured player on okay. for the next uh, album, which is we're already starting to work on. Oh, we're wow. working on a full length already. So if you guys are down for that, I'm down for that. Yeah, I, think that's I mentioned really it fun. to some one of you on. And we're I vaguely back remember and forth. my my weeks have been so crazy lately with how, how busy I am that I vaguely remember it. But I think you were talking to me about it. Yeah, but that sounds like a lot of fun. So you'd like kind of drop the basic track, and yeah. then someone could throw in their guitar work, mm-hmm. and then uh, the winner gets featured on the album. Sort yeah, of be a featured player on a you know iTunes Bandcamp released album, which you know. Probably ain't gonna pay you, but you no, know, no. Like, it'd be cool bragging rights and uh, yeah, sure. Um, you know, totally work with getting that squared away. However, it would happen. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And this this release when it comes out in June, we're gonna do put it on Bandcamp as well as iTunes because Bandcamp we can make a special promo code to give uh, sixty cycle hum listeners a discount oh, on the nice. purchase of the album. Nice. So, that sounds good to me. Yeah. That info will be coming up here in the next month. I wonder if I should do that with my album. Promo code it? Yeah, promo probably. Code no, you guys can play can, can pay full price. <laughs> <laughs> what you should do is you should have a promo code that actually charges more. <laughs> and now special, like, 60, special for sixty cycle homelessers pay up to twenty five percent more. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, there was a piece of gear or something I was trying to buy from somebody that that happened. Oh, really? Like I got an email for like use this promo code for special pricing and it added like thirty dollars to the price. What? Yeah. I don't every I wish once I had in more a while detail. like a, I've seen stores where like they'll do this thing where it's like here here's this promo code but it's like. It's some store where it's like, oh, if you buy over $99, free shipping, not valid with promo code. What? So it's like so it's like you buy this $100 item and then you get like, you know, 10% off. And so it drops it to like $90 and tax on like a $30 shipping charge. Uh, uh. They get so shady these days. But that's, that all sounds really great. I think uh, I think the listeners are going to be excited. I, I can think of a few right off the bat who I can see. Uh, kind of contributing oh, yeah? and sending in some recordings. I'm not going to name names just in case I'm wrong. But <laughs> You're you know, wrong. You know who you are. <laughs> You're wrong. Maybe, you know what you did. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll get my uh, there we go. My deedly deedlies in there. You should just, Deedly-deedly. whatever the track is, you should put like a surf rock. <laughs> every, some surf rock lead All I'm going to do it. is every single uh, moment of the song, I'm just going to be doing a pick scratch across. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's, it's going to be some like Phil Collins power ballad and you're just going to be like no, here's what I'm trim do. picking all over I'm going to use the the electroharmonics B9 on the whole yes. thing there we go and be like, this was supposed to be guitar but it just sounds like organ <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, that's the plan I mean he's kind of going for this like hip hop crossbreed 
cool. guitar-y thing. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think I like bringing as many people into things as possible. Oh, totally. It's all about um, collaboration. Yeah. The when the album comes out, like the track you guys played, it had a girl doing some backup vocals. That's yeah. uh, uh-huh. from my church. She did a great job. Another song, we got another girl from church to do some like accompanying vocals, less than not quite backup, but more forward in the mix. And uh, it's just fun. I like getting people involved and yeah. uh, getting some talent uh, from across the country, possibly. Sure. You know? Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. When we get more details and get the files kind of set up, we'll be posting about it on the Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, if you're not on the Facebook group, you're a damn sucker. Yep. Search for us on Facebook, 60 Cycle Hum. Uh, one of the links when you type in 60 Cycle Hum will be for our page. Go ahead and like it, but that's not the group. We have a group. Uh, we got like over 400 people in there. It's super chill. Yeah, we've got the best group around, I'd say. The best group on um, the internet. We're, we've said it before, but I'll say it again. We're super friendly to everyone. Everyone on the group is super friendly. If you're a new guitarist or you just don't feel like you know very much and you have questions, people are going to be polite to you. People are going to gently guide you into the fold, take you under their wing, feed you nourishing little little bits of information. No one's going to be like, oh, you didn't know. The jazz masters don't have P90s. So that's their own pickup. Actually, oh, I think I've done that. You're so stupid. No <laughs> uh, one's maybe gonna, I didn't say no they one's were gonna, stupid. No one's going to take that tone with you there. Not that I've seen. Everyone's really nice, and we're you know we're all really helpful too. I, I've liked a lot of the like. I've noticed just as a guy who's on there, like that. There's a lot of newer people too coming oh, totally. in, and like it. Everybody's kind of kept that same attitude, and yeah, yeah. It's been it's really fun. chill. It. You know, it's one of those things where I think there are so many people in there at so many different, not just playing levels, but different types of playing uh-huh. that it, in a lot of ways that like it prevents competition because sure. like, someone will be like, oh, well, you got to, this is, this is what I do for my Allman Brothers cover band. And it's like, well, I'm playing, you know, something totally different. I'm in an MXPX cover band. None right. of that stuff applies to me. <laughs> right. And it, but it's still like cool to see what you use. Like versus some of the other Facebook groups that are very genre specific. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else was I going to say? Yeah, join uh-huh. the group. Um, we're still running the contest for that cheap Chinese. We delay like pedal. how many reviews are we have? Like forty-seven reviews. Yeah, we're right now. three uh-huh. away. By the time this episode airs, the contest might be over. But get your vote in there. It probably anyways. won't. Um, <laughs> Did you guys get my wife's? Yes, I made my wife <laughs> review. I read it. I read it to my wife, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, no, <laughs> that's awful." But it's like I love all the awful, abusive ones. <laughs> I, uh, there's there's been a couple new ones that have just got me rolling. I just loved them. Yeah. Uh, so look at the reviews. Try to outdo what other people have done. We've only got three to go. To I, I want to have fifty reviews on there before I release this pedal into the That's wild. You know, is it the analog delay? Yeah, it's the analog delay. It's your nice warm analog repeats. Yep. You could get all ambient with it if you want, or you could do like a mm-hmm. slapback sort of thing. Uh, it's, it's a nice little pedal. It's a mini pedal. Yeah, uh, I've used it a bunch. It's got Velcro on the bottom. I'm giving away my use, my used junk <laughs> as contest prizes. Nice. Um, other than that, do you have anything else we it, need to say? Um, well, if you want to go back and listen to the Matt Tyler song uh, that we've been talking about, it's called "Running," and it was on episode 66, the Addisode. Oh, the, the Addisode. That's right. How could we forget that? 
I'll never forget it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say also, if uh, going back to the Facebook group, if you're a fan of what we talk about on the show and you're not on the group, you're missing out because other people on the group post ads from their local Craigslist or Reverb or eBay. They post things that they find throughout the week, and we all talk about it there. A lot of stuff on there doesn't make it to the, the show, mm-hmm. but we have just as much fun talking yeah, about li- it. Yeah, literally, like, the group is... It's an extension of, of the show. It, it's just like the show. Yeah. It's just as stupid as the show. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking, and speaking. I put a, I posted a picture of my nipple the other day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, are we doing uh, song time now? Uh, yeah, let's do the song. So uh, we got this song from Christopher Brewer. Is this the one we're doing? Yes. All right. This song is called, uh, it's from his band Gin Lab. Uh, and the song is called Borderline. Uh, Chris and the, another guy in the band, his name is Kevin, uh, also have a podcast that, uh, called Less Than or Sequel To, which is a movie podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've been listening to it. I'm like maybe four or five episodes in. They're only like 12 episodes deep. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's They talk about movie sequels. And as we all know, like usually the sequel sucks. Oh, totally. So uh, they kind of just kind of dive into a lot of the movie tropes, and uh, it's a it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so check that out if you want to hear about movies that. Where suck. can you find that? Are they on iTunes? Uh, they're on iTunes. Just look for less than or sequel to, or you can Google it. Uh, they're on SoundCloud. I okay. think for their main hosting. If you want to check out the band Gin Lab, uh, they're at ginlab.bandcamp.com. Uh, Chris says that there's not a ton of guitar in here, but what is what is was done on a Jag I built through a 78 Fender Pro Reverb and a 52 Reissue Tele through an AC30. Deluxe Memory Boy, OCD, and Freak Show Effects Maharishi. So uh, this song was pretty cool. I liked it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. There's like some synth and some stuff going on, but fun. it has a really it has a really fun sound. I haven't heard it, but I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. You will. <laughs> you better. <laughs> All right. Is that it? I think so. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Peace.